0: Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm back today with Sonia Schaefer. She is Mrs. Charlotte Mason. No, she's Mrs. Simply Charlotte Mason. (laughs) (laughs) As we clarified in episode one, she is not actually Charlotte Mason. (laughs) She's just very familiar with Charlotte Mason. So if you missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to that. This is such a fun topic. I love talking about Charlotte Mason. I love learning about all the different ways that we can teach our kids and what works best for our individual homeschools. And so uh, this is a fun topic. We are gonna continue talking about Charlotte Mason, how to teach it, what it is, what that means for you and your homeschool. But first I wanna thank our sponsor again, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great math program, go to ctcmath.com. They are an online math curriculum. It's interactive and it's fun. Your kids will really enjoy it. They explain it. They can go back and re-listen to the lessons and have it re-explained over and over again as many times as they need. And it is just a fantastic resource for any family. And you can try it for free. Go to ctcmath.com. Um, Sonia, welcome back. I am excited to be here with you again today. And I love talking about this topic of Charlotte Mason. It was something I was never familiar with. I'd never even heard of Charlotte Mason until um, we started homeschooling. And um, and it's been fun to get to know her. And we are very much, in, in a lot of ways, a Charlotte Mason family. And so... though I've never really dug deeply into who she is, um, it just has kind of naturally occurred with us as a family because we like to do a lot of reading. So we talked on Monday about literature. We talked about who she is, how you got started with teaching uh, using the Charlotte Mason method. And then we talked about good books and good literature and living books and what that means. Um, I want to talk really quickly about narration and how that plays into the world of teaching Uh, the Charlotte Mason method in our homeschool.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, As we talked last time about how all of these methods set the children up for success in life, narration plays a big part of that as well. So we're reading the living books. And as we read, we are asking the children to narrate back to us rather than asking them direct questions on the content. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. Fill in the blank, multiple choice, true or false, the kinds of things that we grew up with. Yes. Where you read the portion, you answer the questions. Okay, that's not Charlotte Mason. Right. (laughs) In Charlotte Mason, you read a portion of the living book and then you say, okay, now tell it back to me in your own words. Mm -hmm. So we're asking the child, it it sounds simple. Right. And, And really, it's a natural act for most children to do, you think about it, if your daughter is really interested in something, she's probably going to come talk your ear off about it, right? Yes, yes. So it's natural for children to do, but we are asking them to make the transition to using that natural skill Mm -hmm. and developing it more by an intentional decision of their own. Okay. I am going to pay full attention and I am going to use this skill to help me learn something. Okay. So again, it goes back to that decision of the will. That's what I'm going to do. Right. But we do all kinds of things that we can to make that not a burden for the child. Right. So what we're asking is a higher thinking level, really, than multiple choice, true false, fill in the blank. Right. Uh, we are asking them to pay full attention, take in the information, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: put it in the correct sequence, mix it with any other opinions or related ideas already in their head, form it back into coherent sentences, and then spit it out. Mm -hmm. And for younger children, grades one through three, this is done almost all orally,
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: because they're still getting their handwriting sure. fluent. And we don't want that to slow them down. Right. They can process and tell us so much more than they can write at this point. Yes, So let's take that obstacle out of the way and just let them narrate orally. Mm-hmm. Then in about 10 years old or so is when Charlotte started phasing in some written narrations, mm-hmm. which would then gain more and more momentum as the children get older, they're writing more and more. right? But they're still keeping some component of verbal, of oral narration. And this is the interesting thing, Yvette. We talked about, you know, setting your child up for success in life. Yes. Charlotte always kept that component of oral because she thought it was good preparation for public speaking.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah.
1: Being able to form your thoughts, Absolutely.
0: And communicate them well on the fly. Right. Yeah. Every adult needs Brilliant. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do picture narration? with younger kids where they just would draw out whatever it is that they've read? Yes, you
1: can do narration in many ways. The simplest form is tell me everything you remember from what we just read, either for me reading it aloud or as the kids got older, they would Mm -hmm. read it for themselves. But you can also do, um, draw a picture Mm -hmm. of the story And then have them explain the picture to you because you want it to end up in words eventually. Right. You can have them build their favorite scene out of Legos Mm -hmm. and then explain what they built. You can have them um, write five questions covering the portion we read that Mm -hmm. you would ask somebody else to see if they knew about it. Right. So they've got to know the por- the the section we read to come up with those questions. Yeah. You can have them write uh, diary entries. You can have, with the older children, you can have them compare the choice that this character just made mm-hmm. with the choice another character made in another book that they had read recently. Charlotte would, I mean, you can take this as far as you sure, want, honey. Sure. <laughs> Charlotte would have some um, of the younger teens is when she would start, asking them to narrate in poetry form sometimes. And if you really wanted to get serious about this, I mean, you could say, narrate this in poetry form, in the style of the poet we have been reading. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So you can make this as as rigorous or easy as you want to, but the whole thing is that they have to process all Mm -hmm. of this for themselves. Make it their own. Yes. And then give you a peek into what's happening in there. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So, this is a great way if you have a child who loves art or, you know, they love to build a Play Doh thing, you know, create things with Play Doh and clay and things like that. They can do that while you're reading to them. That's a fantastic thing for them to be doing with their hands, right? As long as it's not distracting the child. Right. Right. So, if the child needs
1: something, I mean, some kids process, this is where. The methods are flexible right. to use however it fits your child best. Some children process better if their hands mm-hmm. are moving something, yes. in which case, go for it. Other kids, like I, I tried this with my girls. I would have them color a picture mm-hmm. as I was reading. And, and it was the same topic. It right. was the same picture of what I was reading. But they would get so wrapped up in what color should this girl's <laughs> dress be, <laughs> that they weren't paying attention to the reading. So right. we had to switch and do that later.
0: So yeah, yep. you you can adjust it to fit your child best. Absolutely. And that's part of learning their, their learning styles. Um, yes. Let me ask you two questions about narration. Mm-hmm. If your child has read a book that you have not read yourself, how do you take that narration from them if you don't even know, like you, we have no idea if they're really reiterating back correctly what they've read. So how do we know if the narration is going well, or if they're just far off in the woods somewhere?
1: It would depend on a couple of things. One is, is this a book that is part of your curriculum? Mm-hmm. Or is this just a free read on the side? All right? Right. If it's a book that is part of your curriculum, I, you have just put your finger on a huge important thing and that is for us to pre-read the books as much as we can. And I know that's not always easy, sure. especially if you have a lot of kids going. But I did an episode on our podcast, the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast, uh, with my friend Amber O'Neill Johnston. And we talked about pre-reading and how it, it really shows respect to your child
0: mm-hmm.
1: to read it ahead of time so you can carry on a good conversation with them about it. Yeah. And the second point I wanted to mention, though, is it comes back to knowing your child well and having mm-hmm. your hearts turned toward each other. Sure. So, you know, your child is not intentionally trying to mislead you. Oh, sure. Sure. And, or and take I wouldn't their expect way through.
0: that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't expect <laughs> that. I'm just thinking, you know, for the child who maybe they have, you know, a lot of kids have very big imaginations. And so I know that some kids, as they read, if they come back and try to tell you the story, it might be an exaggerated story or something bigger than what they actually read, which in some cases could be a good thing because they're using their imagination, but you also want to keep them focused on whatever it is that they're reading.
1: Yeah. You want to make sure that their elaboration doesn't completely overshadow the the truth right. of that right. portion. Yes. So Pre-reading is very important. But the good part about it is that especially if a mom has younger children now, Mm -hmm. she can start reading those books ahead of time and taking notes. And then she's she's gonna stay ahead of that rolling ball, you know, Indiana Jones, that rolling ball as he's running in front of it. (laughs) That's kind of what it feels like someday. (laughs) Yes. But if you're gonna use those same books for your kids you can get a head start on that or you can, we mentioned about different strategies for keeping ahead in that pre-reading category in that podcast
0: episode that I mentioned. I will link, I will link to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you one more question. Oh, well, let me just, just to clarify on that. So typically you would do narration with books that are part of your curriculum, but not necessarily with books that they're just reading for enjoyment.
1: I don't usually, usually fiction books. I don't require narrations on. Okay. Okay, let me ask you. You can make that decision yourself. Sure. Usually for fiction, because narration um, also, besides letting you know what that child got out of it, it also cements it in the child's brain. Um, right. If if we often talk about, if you want to know if you really know your subject, mm-hmm. try to teach it to someone else. Right. Yes. That's how you know you've got it. Yes. It's the same for narration. That's how they know they've got it. Right. Is if they can narrate it.
0: Right. Okay. Great. Um, And that can go for books that they're reading or read alouds as well. Um, mm-hmm. so yes. Yes. Because ways.
1: especially those young children, they can comprehend yes. a much higher reading level than they can read for themselves. Yeah. Right. So we in first through third grade, you're reading aloud Mm -hmm. most of the books to them. The only time they're reading for themselves is during reading lessons if they need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's incredible what kids can um, regurgitate after being read to. We we do our family Bible time every day, and you know we kind of take turns, but most often Garrett will read, um, and we we just are we read through the Bible, and then he'll often ask questions to our girls after we are done reading whatever section it is that we're, because he wants to, it's narration. I mean, he wants to know that they understood whatever it is that we've just read. And it's so much fun to have them come back and say, you know, oh, well it said this, 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 and this. Or he'll say, what did we read about yesterday? And they have to think back to what we read yesterday. Where did we leave off and where are we going today? with this particular passage. So I do have another question for you, but we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Are you ready to restore our constitutional republic? Patriot Academy is on the front lines of the mission to educate, train, and inspire millions of citizens to know and live their freedoms. With courses and materials from America's constitution coach, Rick Green, Patriot Academy's constitution training will equip you to be a leader in your community. You don't have to know anything about history, the constitution, or the law to get started. The courses and coach training are free. Find a class today or sign up to be a constitution coach at patriotacademy.com. Again, that's patriotacademy.com. We are back with Sonia Schaefer. Um, I have one more question about narration and then we're going to move on. with narration, when your kids are narrating to you, whether it's, um, you know, orally, or if they're writing down their narration, do you have specific questions that you ask them? Pretty much the main question is, what do you remember?
1: Okay. Now, the discussion questions can happen, but I would encourage everybody to hold off on those. First, I want you, child, to tell me what you remember from the passage. Okay. Then if you left something out or if you misunderstood something, or if there's a particular portion, we want to talk about an application of mm-hmm. that or something. then we can go into discussion questions. Sure. But direct, Charlotte said direct questions on the content are always a mistake. Okay. We don't, Interesting. We don't say you know, in what year did Christopher Columbus right. discover America? <laughs> That's a direct question on the yeah. content. We don't do that. We would say, okay, what do you remember about Christopher Columbus from our story? Okay. And let them go. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Perfect. And if you wanted
1: to, let me throw this in. If it's a longer passage, you can shine the spotlight on different parts. Okay. So you could say, okay, at the beginning, what do you remember about Christopher Columbus trying to get the ships he needed? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you remember about the crossing of the Atlantic? Right. Now, what do you remember about when he discovered? It? So you can break it into sections like that, but leave it open ended first. Okay. Don't don't ask direct questions on the content. Okay. Perfect.
0: Okay. So we've talked about living books. We've talked about who Charlotte Mason is. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the other Charlotte Mason distinctives. What what sets the Charlotte Mason method apart? I'm glad you mentioned that, Yvette, because um, because living books
1: are a hallmark of a Charlotte Mason approach, many times people think that that's what you use for every single subject. And and like we use a living book for math. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's such a well-balanced approach because we use the living books for about five subjects, uh, history, geography, Bible, science in the younger grades, uh, literature, of course. Those are about the, the main subjects that we use the living books, but there are many other subjects that give that wide variety of knowledge for the child. Um, we do pictures, we look at good art, we listen to good music, we go outside into nature, we work with our hands in doing handcrafts, we listen to good poetry, we sing hymns. Mm-hmm. There's just a wide variety. Of other things that we do. And another big distinctive, well, uh, let me wrap a, a little band around those things I just said. Okay. All of those things, the art and the music and the nature and the poetry and all that can kind of be summarized as guided discovery. And math is in there too. And grammar is in there too. Okay. In that the parent guides the student. It's almost like, here's your spotlight again. You shine the spotlight on this particular aspect and say, okay, what do you see here? And you're helping the student discover for himself. Mm -hmm. We do that in math. We do that in grammar. We do that in a lot of subjects like this, music and Mm -hmm. art and things like that.
0: Do you want to try a sample? Yeah. Of those? Yes, I love this because this is time? teaching. Sure, sure. Yeah, and this is teaching the child how to think, not exactly what to think. Yes,
1: but we are also careful about where we shine the spotlight.
0: Sure, it's
1: directed. we want to always do whatsoever things are true, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous. You know, Philippians four eight. Right. We want to make sure we're shining the spotlight on things that are worthy. Right. Good ideas uh, that will get in that entrance door where the will is standing guard. So we are careful of that, but it is teaching them also to think for themselves. Yes. To look for patterns, to look
0: for comparisons and things like that. Yeah. Right. I love that because, and you called it guided discovery. So that's exactly what it is. We are guiding their discovery of God's world. But we want them to discover things for themselves because that's when it sticks rather than us just telling them, this is what you should see here. Yes, yes. As you
1: said, let me give you an example. Do we have time
0: to do a five-minute picture study? We do, yep, yep. We have just about five minutes. That would be great. Okay,
1: all right. Let's do a picture study. Here is a picture called The
0: Gleaners. Okay.
1: It's by Jean-Francois Millet. Okay, audience, and if you're not watching do,
0: this, if you're mm-hmm. listening, you can go to the video, um, but I will put a link to this in the show notes too, so you guys can see the picture. Yeah,
1: or the picture is in public domain. You can just okay. bring it, you know, do a Google search for the Gleaners by okay. Millet, M-I-L-L-E-T, and you'll see it. Okay. So what you would do is um, you would be, you would pick one artist and we're gonna hang out with him for 12 weeks. So we linger with these people, okay. get to know them as people. Remember, we talked before about the decisions they made and the obstacles they overcame. Mm -hmm. You want to get to know them as people, what you can learn from them. So you're going to hang out with this artist for 12 weeks. Part of those 12 weeks, you're going to be reading a living biography about him. Uh But the rest of the time, you're going to spend looking at six to eight of his works. And seeing what ideas you can pull. So we're shining a spotlight on the gleaners this week. All right. So you would hold this picture up for your children and you would let them look at it closely and carefully until they can close their eyes and see the picture in detail in their imagination. Mm -hmm. And if one part of it is fuzzy or they can't see it completely in their head, then they open their eyes and look at that portion again. But you want them to look at it until. It's hanging in the art gallery of their mind, Mm -hmm. crystal clear. All right. So Yvette, I'm going to move on because I gave you a heads up to look at this beforehand.
0: And I'm looking, I haven't seen this this (laughs) picture until today. So Uh I'm looking at this picture of the gleaners. So we would look at it until the kids are ready. Once the kids are
1: ready, and you can do this with all ages together. Okay. Once they're ready, I'm going to hide the picture. I'm going to just lay it down on my lap. Now, without looking, Putting you on the spotty, okay. there. <laughs> okay, describe the picture to me. All right. Sure. Let's start big. The it's a big picture of. Okay. So it's three women in a field
0: gleaning. Good. Yeah. Now go ahead into details. What other details did you notice? Sure. Okay. So from what 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 I'm seeing in my mind's eye is it's three women. Yes. They're bent over. They're gleaning. All three of them are wearing dresses and aprons and some sort of a head covering. There are trees in the background and it looks like a city or a town, uh, you know, kind of behind those trees. It's quite a large field that they're in. And then there's, I remember kind of a gray sky, a gray cloudy sky behind them. Yeah. What colors did you notice? A lot of green and browns. (laughs) Mm. It's the very earthy colors, very natural earthy colors, including in their clothing, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. Okay. The town was and kind of a white. It, there were. It looked like there were clouds, gray clouds in the background, but the town seemed to be made up of buildings that were white, gray, cream-colored buildings.
1: Good, good. Did you notice anything that might give a hint as to what time of day
0: it was? Probably. Um, No, 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 no. Daytime because it was cloudy outside. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: From my mind's eye, I'm not sure.
1: Nighttime. Yeah, Yeah. 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 okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to look at the picture again to clarify or confirm. Okay. What you saw. Is there anything you want to add to your description now that you're looking at it?
0: Um, No, I see blues um, Mm -hmm. in there as far as colors. You asked about colors. Uh Uh-huh. Um, It's quite small on the screen that I'm looking at it that you're holding up. Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, easier when you have a nice picture. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as far as time of day, I I actually still, I don't know what time of day it would be. I mean, it looks like it could be morning or it looks like it could be, you know, right before sunset possibly because it's So the shadows
1: are longer.
0: Oh, oh, I didn't even notice the shadows. I'm asking, I'm looking looking at the back of it right now. So yeah. Okay. No, the shadows look short. It doesn't look like there's too long of shadows. From what I can see now, it's interesting when you think about this picture Um,
1: in Leviticus 23, I think it is, is where the Lord instituted that whoever was harvesting their field mm-hmm. was supposed to leave the scatters, you know, not pick it completely clean. They were right. supposed to leave the corners for the poor to mm-hmm. come glean, right? for themselves. Yes. And so you think about that. You also think about Ruth. Ruth, right. And how she went to Glean in the mm-hmm. field of Boaz. Right. And he said, you can come here anytime. I will protect you. That's right. Does that add any thought to these women and what they might be going through, what they might be feeling, who they might be?
0: Well, I mean, I certainly thought about the story of Ruth. And of course, when I think Mm. about the story of Ruth, I think about Jesus because her lineage leads to Jesus. Yes. Um, But I did think about Ruth when I, uh, though I will say if I first glanced at this picture, not knowing the title of it, um, I guess if I gave it some thought, I would realize, okay, these women were gleaning, Uh, but Mm -hmm. knowing the title of it just brought it more to life. So it's interesting how the title relates to the photo as well.
1: Yes. And so you can, when you do this, now let me finish the picture study and I'll come back to that title part. Okay. okay. We just did the picture study. We're done. Yeah. It it took less than five minutes. Sure. Now I'm going to put that picture up on display for the rest of the week. Okay. Next week we'll do another picture by Malay. Remember uh-huh. we're hanging out with him for right. 12 weeks or whoever your artist is. Sure. Do the same thing. Look at it, hide it and describe it. Look at it again to clarify, discuss anything about it you want mm-hmm. to, put it on display for the rest of the week. So the kids can come back and revisit it if they want to. Okay. Okay? At the end of the 12 weeks, you're going to have a pretty good feel for the style of this artist. Sure. Sure because you've studied, you look close, can you still close your eyes and see the gleaners in your head? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to recognize it. And Charlotte believed that every child should graduate with a couple of hundred works of art hanging in the art gallery of their minds. Okay. So coming back to the title then, you can give the title of the work as you introduce it to your child at the beginning, or you can say, I want you to look at it and think mm. about what it might be titled. It just depends on the work. Sure. You know, some of them, it might be fun to come up with your own title for it. Yeah. Yeah. Others, where it can really impact what you're looking at, you might want to give the title ahead of time. Yeah. So you, again, flexibility, but the idea is very sensible in art appreciation. You've guided their discovery of this artist and this artist's work and the ideas that are
0: communicated in it. Wow, okay. Oh, that's so much fun. I've not done that with my girls and, and we're gonna have to do that. I love it. Oh, it's that. so simple. Yeah, Just it once is a week, Five, 10 minutes once a week, that's it. So fun. Well, and we are talking, talking about simple and simple, simply Charlotte well, Mason.
1: <laughs> and we tried to make it simple because we have these picture study portfolios. Okay. Uh, we've got like 22 different artists. Wow. And it contains the living biography. It contains eight of those beautiful pictures, big sized, and those other ideas that you might discuss like like the Leviticus and the Ruth and how that might come into play with it. It's not gonna tell your child what to think. Right. It's just going to guide that discussion if you want to use it. So it's all put
0: together to keep it simple. I love it. I love that you've done all of the hard labor to make it easy for parents. We are out of time for this episode. We're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to continue talking about Charlotte Mason, her methods for teaching and how you can use that in your homeschool. You can find more about Sonia Schaefer at simplycharlottemason.com and, um, Join us back again tomorrow. If you guys have not yet left a review for the podcast, we would love it if you would do that. We are so blessed by your reviews. Thank you for those who continue to do that. It really helps to get the word out about the podcast and share it with your friends. Send this to a friend of yours who's thinking about homeschooling or maybe they're homeschooling and they use Charlotte Mason or they don't. Send this this week's episodes to them. It will be an encouragement to them. Thank you guys. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.